1, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Everybody say, bless the Lord. Isn't it amazing? We can bless the Lord. Hallelujah. How do we bless him? We bless him by praising him, by magnifying him with our life. Amen. And the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know, you got to make yourself do some things. Amen. Sometimes your flesh is tired. Amen. And you're grumpy and you don't feel like blessing the Lord. But David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And you start praising him, praise God, and the joy of the Lord rises up and victory comes forth. Amen. God inhabits the praises of his people. Can I have an amen? That means he gets in it. God gets in it. Isn't it amazing that we have something to do with God's presence? That by blessing him and honoring him, his presence comes forth. He inhabits the praises of his people. What a privilege that we have to speak the name of Jesus and to praise the name of Jesus in this place today. Amen? Hallelujah. We have a good God. Amen? The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. He has had mercy on us. And as the pastor said, we don't deserve it. Amen? I can't earn anything from the Lord. He has given it to me through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He says, don't just focus in on part of his benefits. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all. Everybody say, all. All his benefits. Amen. That's why I believe in preaching the full gospel, because we got to remember all his benefits. Hallelujah. All his benefits. Verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. That's the end of that verse, right? No? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. End of that verse, right? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Folks, it's in the Bible. How many believe the Bible? I believe the Bible. I would rather believe the Bible than the traditions of man. In fact, there's times that we need to believe the Bible more than the doctor's report. Now, I'm not speaking against doctors. Don't misunderstand me. If you need a doctor, go get one. But I'm telling you, sometimes you've got to believe the Bible instead of the report. Because there's a better report. Hallelujah. There's some good news for you through Jesus Christ. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Does that mean he leaves some out? Does that mean some are a little too tough for the Lord? Does that mean, oh, if it's cancer, you know, yeah, God can heal, but, but gets cancer. No, no. The Lord heals cancer. I've seen the Lord heal cancer. Praise God. 
He's a healing God. And he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems, in fact, your life from destruction. Amen. Would that include family problems, by the way? How about mental torment? Emotional disturbance? Yeah, he redeems your life from destruction. I think the literal translation there is, he redeems you from the pit. (laughs) By the way, have you ever been there? Have you ever been to the pit? He redeems you from there. That means he paid the price to get you out of there. Hallelujah. He redeems your life from destruction. And he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And that word crowned, it also means to compass about, to surround. He surrounds you with his loving kindness and tender mercy. He's all around you with his loving kindness and tender mercies. His glory is upon his people. And he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I keep telling Susan she's got to stick around because I'm planning on going for 120. That's a good long life. Say, well, what if you don't make it? Well, better to aim high and miss it than not aim high enough. Amen. (laughs) A long life. Hallelujah. I'm for it. Amen. Why? Don't you, aren't you looking forward to heaven? Yes, I am. I'm looking for it. It's going to be so much better than this. Praise God. But I got things I want to do on this earth. I want to reach people for Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to be a blessing to my family. I want to be healthy and strong so I can help the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you for health? Amen. God is too. Amen. And the Bible tells us very clearly that he is. Now, divine healing is a Bible doctrine. I didn't hear a single amen. (laughs) I said divine healing is a Bible doctrine. Starting from Exodus, Exodus 15, 26, God says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He didn't say, I am the Lord that makes you sick. Can I have an amen? In Isaiah 53, verse 4, and I'm going to read it from the Young's Literal Translation, which is more true to the original. It says, surely our sicknesses he has borne, and our pains he carried them. That's talking about Jesus on the cross. That's the fact that Jesus, when he went to the cross, took not only our sins, but our sicknesses, the Bible says. And following through in the New Testament, it's quoted, that same scripture is quoted in Matthew 8, 17. It says that it might be fulfilled. This is after Jesus healed. He said, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Jesus took those things. He took care of them. And 1 Peter 2, 24 again quotes from Isaiah 53. It says, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. How many think that's true? How many think Jesus bore your sins on, uh, on his, in his own body on the tree? That we being dead to sins should live under righteousness. How many think we should live under righteousness? And then what does it say? By whose stripes you were healed. Quoting again from Isaiah 53. It's a Bible doctrine, folks. Matthew, or um, 
Mark, rather, 16, 18 says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, Jesus said. And that's talking about believers. Believers shall, that's talking about you, by the way. How many believers we got here? It said, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible says. I said, the Bible says. And then in James, it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. The Bible says. Prescribes the anointing of oil. Prescribes that we should lay hands on the sick and expect them uh, to be healed. God is capable of healing our physical ailments. Can I have an amen? And the scripture tells us in Psalm 105, verse 37, that God brought them forth, Israel, with silver and gold out of Egypt, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. In that time, as God brought them out, they didn't have any feeble people. (laughs) Amazing. That's very interesting to me. Praise God. So healing, divine healing, is a Bible doctrine. The assembly of God, you may not be, I know you're not assembly of God, but a lot of people respect their doctrine and so on. The doctrine of the assembly of God says healing is in the atonement. Divine healing is part of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, I read in F.F. Bosworth's book, uh, Christ the Healer, about how the Episcopal Church assigned their scholars to study the subject of divine healing in the Bible. Is this true? Is this something we should pay attention to? So they went and they studied, you know, they went through the scriptures and they studied and they studied and they came back and they said, yes, it's in the Bible. We should practice it. Well, folks, if the Episcopalians can do it, if the Episcopalians can read the Bible (laughs) and see that divine healings for today, we ought to too. Can I have an amen? God is able, he's capable, and he's willing to heal. Can I have an amen? Now, I have a burden because I've been privileged to see a lot of people heal. Well, a lot. I can think of you know, many times. For example, okay, a couple weeks ago, uh, we were in Marshall, at a church in Marshall, Minnesota, and we began to pray for needs. And there was a man that came up, and we laid hands on him and prayed. And next thing you know, he says, I'm stuck. The presence of God came upon him, and he couldn't move. He says, I'm stuck. And so... Spirit of God came on him. I talked to him afterwards. I said, well, what happened? He says, well, I came in with shoulder pain, back pain, and knee pain, and depression. He said, when you prayed for me, it all left. I said, well, how much pain do you have now? He says, I have no pain. He came in with all this pain, and he left with no pain. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? 
I have a, there's a video on, on our website if you'd like to see the testimony. Uh, a few months ago, I was in Hendricks. I'm giving you testimonies from this part of the world because you might think God heals in other parts of the world, not ours. So I'm going to give you ones from this part of the world, okay? So uh, I was in Hendricks uh, a few months ago, last year sometime. And I was preaching at a church, and I was driving to the church. And as I was driving, I saw a picture of someone's chest. And it's just like a spot, just like a, I don't know how to describe it. I just knew something was wrong with someone's chest. It's just like the Lord was showing me, in this meeting, there's going to be somebody that has a problem in their chest. So I got there, and I was very, very tired. By the way, healing doesn't depend on me. It's him. But he revealed that. And I preached the sermon, and I got done, and I said, well, is there anybody here that has a problem in your chest, either something you've been diagnosed with or some kind of pain in your chest? And this guy goes, yeah. And so he comes up and gets ministered to. And by the way, his mom also comes up. She, both of them had heart problems. He had had, previously had heart surgery. And he was sitting in the service with pain in his heart. And after ministry, all the pain was gone. Also, that's on our website if you want to check it out. God healed him. Praise the Lord. And later on, we had a report that his mom also was better with her heart problem. The Lord's a healer. And then... I don't know how long ago this was, but in the country church, you know about the country church over in Ruthton? Susan and I prayed for a couple that uh, weren't, they, had pro- they were having problems having children. You guys know this testimony. And we prayed for them, and almost nine months to the day, <laughs> they had a child. Hallelujah. God's a healing God. Can I have an Amen. But I have a burden because not everybody that we lay hands on is instantly healed. Hello? I mean, it, I'm, I, as much as I rejoice about all these healings, I mean, I could give you so many. But yet there's people that don't receive that instant healing or that instant manifestation. And many times they go away discouraged. And they say, oh, I guess God didn't want to heal me. Or, oh, I guess I didn't have the faith. And so what I'm going to try to do today is to give you some encouragement to know that don't throw away your healing just because you don't receive an instant manifestation, amen, or just because, you know, uh, there's a bit of a struggle with it. Sometimes you have to stand to receive your healing. Years ago, when I was pastoring in Howard Lake, Minnesota, we used to have tent revivals. Like you have barn revivals, we had tent revivals. I had a tent, and, and we would set it up in different towns around the area, and we would have meetings, and people would come, and we'd preach on the gospel, preach salvation, preach healing. And there was a young woman that came to one of our meetings, and she was in her 20s, but yet she had arthritis. And I guess it was a genetic problem, but she had pain in her back. She came forward for prayer. We prayed for her, and she was, she was 
I guess instantly or within a very short time, she was healed and all the pain was gone. I've got a picture of her uh, bending over, touching her toes, looking at the camera with a big smile. And uh, I like to look at those pictures sometimes. God healed her miraculously. Well, she had a twin sister who was part of our church, a member of our church, who had the same problem. And we were in a Bible study in our home, and we prayed for her for the same problem. And she, got, she said she got some help, but she went home with the pain. But she went home that night, and she said she began to stomp her feet. <laughs> now, you know, this is not a formula, but I'm trying to impart something to you about the spirit uh, that she acted in in that particular situation. She went home and she says, healing is mine in the name of Jesus. Devil, get out of my body! And I don't know what all she said, but it was, you know, she took some time to deal with things. Praise God. And she got healed. Hallelujah. Now, why did one twin sister just get it like a snap of the finger and the other had to battle? I can't tell you that. I don't know everything about God. I'm not, I don't know about you, but I don't know everything about God. But I know that, you know, we need to trust him. I know that his word is true. That's why we have that healing CD, because that's one of the ways that God heals us through his word. He sent his word and healed them. Amen? And you can be healed by faith in God's word. Can I have an amen? Now, I want to share another story with you. This is a lady named Dodie Osteen. How many of you ever heard of Dodie Osteen? Okay, Dodie Osteen, uh, many years ago, I, I guess it would be, well, I don't really know, 20, 25 years ago, had liver cancer. And, of course, liver cancer uh, is bad news. I mean, uh, it's, it's like a death sentence. And she was diagnosed with it, and then she had, like, you know, her husband, John Osteen, was pastor of Lakewood Church, and knew all the, you know, all the big-name preachers. All the big-name preachers prayed for her. And, you know, uh, she still had this problem. And so she recognized that she needed to personally uh, lay hold of her healing. So she just made it a point to get, I mean, just to get right with God. Just clear up anything that was in her life, any barrier. Plus, she cleared up any problems in her relationships. She got her eyes off of her own sickness and problems and started looking to the Lord. And she stood toe-to-toe with the devil and ran him off. And you know what? Dodie Osteen's still alive. Her husband's already passed on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to take a stand, folks. Amen? Amen? And I'm here to try to encourage you in this and to talk about how, how can you do this? How can you take this stand? Praise God. And I think I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about three things. I'm not going to follow my notes exactly because I feel led to go to the second point right now. We need to fight sickness like an enemy. 
Now, I want to show you a verse now. Turn to uh, Acts chapter 10. Acts 10, verse 38. One of my favorite verses. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. According to Acts 10, 38, who is behind, who was behind the sicknesses that Jesus healed? Who? How many see that it's the devil? It doesn't say that Jesus went around making people sick. It says that Jesus went around making them well, those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. By the way, the Holy Ghost that's in our service today, the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you and I, is that the same Holy Spirit or a different Holy Spirit than was in Jesus? It's the same Holy Ghost. So now, do you think that that Holy Ghost is doing the same thing that he was doing in Jesus' life? See, so often we say, oh, that was Jesus. But Jesus is the one that told us to lay hands on the sick and said that the works that, we, that he did shall you do also. It's the same ministry, okay? But you know what? One thing, if you study the healings in Jesus' ministry, most of the time, not all, but most of the time, the Bible says specifically that there was faith involved in the person that received that healing. The woman with the issue of blood, after she was healed, he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Daughter, your faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Your faith has made you whole. <clears throat> the blind men that Jesus healed, he said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. So you see, even in Jesus' ministry, their faith was involved. The woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus. She said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. She had faith. She saw something beyond the natural. How does faith come into our life? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why I'm preaching to you today. Because the only way that we can have faith is if we hear it. Amen? If, we don't, if we're not bold enough to say, hey, this is what the word of God says, then the people can't have faith. You can only have faith for what you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hey, Jesus is a healer. Jesus will heal you. Praise God. According to your faith, so be it unto you. If you want to be healed, you need to get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on the Lord. Amen? There's a story that Jesus told in the uh, third chapter of John when he was talking to Nicodemus. Of course, the context there is that being born again, salvation. 
But he says, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He's telling a story from the Old Testament about a snake that Moses lifted up in the middle of the congregation and brought healing to the people. And the story goes like this, that the people were murmuring against God and against Moses. And the Bible said that the Lord sent serpents, and many of the people died. There was a judgment that came upon them for their sin. How many of those are judgment for sin? There's a judgment for sin, but there's a redeemer. His name is Jesus. The people recognized their sin, and they went to Moses. They said, we have sinned. Pray to the Lord for us. The Lord says, okay, I'll tell you what you do. Make a serpent and put it up, an image of a serpent, put it up in the middle of the congregation, and whoever looks at that serpent will be healed. And so Moses did what the Lord told him. He put the serpent up on this pole. It was a brass pole. Brass is a symbol of judgment. And he put that serpent up, and the people said, well, what good is it going to do to look at that thing? What good is it going to do to make us look at a snake? But somebody said, well can't hurt. I'm dying. So they looked at the serpent on the pole, and all of a sudden they said, I'm healed. They were healed by looking at a snake on a pole. Jesus said, that's like me. We say, preacher, are you calling Jesus a snake on a pole? No, Jesus called himself like a snake on a pole. How can Jesus be like a snake on a pole? He's the spotless lamb of God. But you see, he was made sin for you so that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's why that that picture was used in the Old Testament because it symbolized that Jesus became the sin sacrifice. That when he hung on that cross, he was made sin for you. Your sin, the sins of the whole world were placed upon Jesus on the cross. So the spotless lamb of God, he had never sinned. He took your sin so that you might be made righteous. That's the gospel. By looking at the serpent on the pole, they were healed. By looking at Jesus on the cross, we're saved. In the same way, we need to look at Jesus on the cross as our sickness bearer, because that's what the Bible says. We need to see things the way the Bible sees them. Can I have an amen? So get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your weaknesses, your problems, amen, and get him upon Jesus and what he did for you. You know, I think we are defeated so often because we really haven't quite got it that Jesus took care of the sin problem. And we think we've got to just be good enough and then we'll get what we need. We've somehow, we've still got that religion in us that says you have to earn it. When in fact, Jesus took care of it. So we got to get our eyes off ourselves and our weakness and our problem and look to him. And if we see the cross in that light, 
then that righteousness is imparted to us, and our lives will change. He changes us. Can I have an amen? Woo, glory to God. That's good preaching, man. Hallelujah. Okay, so I was talking about fighting sickness. Uh, Turn over to Luke 13. And this is a woman with a spirit of infirmity. It says in Luke uh, 13, verse 10, it says, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity. Everybody say spirit of infirmity. Spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. So this is a woman that, instead of her head being up, her head was down. I don't know if you've ever seen someone like that that had the curvature of the spine to the point where their head was, is down. That's what she had. She, could, and she couldn't lift herself up. Now, the Bible said she had a spirit of infirmity, infirmity being sickness or weakness in her body as a result of a spirit, a spirit. Now, was this a spirit from God or a spirit from the devil? Spirit from the devil. So she was bowed over. She couldn't straighten herself up. It's painful. It's miserable. Sickness can be terrible. I don't have to tell some of you how miserable sickness can be. But you think of it, 18 years she's bowed over with a spirit of infirmity. Jesus looked at her and said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He laid hands on her, and she was made straight. Hallelujah. Now, notice in the, he had trouble with the the religious leaders there who were upset because he healed her on the Sabbath day. I'm glad that it's okay if we have healings in 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 the country church on Sundays. Amen. How many think it's all right? We should allow the Lord to heal if he wants to today. Amen. All right. But I want you to notice how Jesus replied to the religious leader in verse 16. He says, and ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, in other words, a covenant child of God, someone in covenant with God, a a daughter of Abraham. And by the way, we're the seed of Abraham and we're the children of God. How much more should we have healing? But Jesus said, and ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom, what? Satan has bound. Lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. You know, some sicknesses are caused by an evil spirit. That's the truth. It's the truth. Some sickness is caused directly from an evil spirit. And I think sometimes, you know, in our modern world with all our science and everything that we know about this and that and the other thing, we miss the point that the devil's behind this. You say, well, it's genetics. Well, maybe it's a curse, genetic curse, a a generational curse. You know, uh, this isn't in my notes, but I, I, I heard a testimony of a man who had, was in an airport and died. His heart stopped. And they revived him a little bit, put him in the ambulance, and they were taking him. He, was, he was basically died in the ambulance. 
But on the way to the hospital, he revived. And I have the video, actually I think this is on our website too, of this man testifying before the UN. Somehow God gave him an opportunity to give his testimony in front of the United Nations. And he talked about how Jesus had healed him. And so after some time, uh, he went to the doctor and he got his heart checked out and this man's heart was deemed perfectly normal. But at the same time, they checked his genetic makeup because he had a predisposition that had shown up in his genetic works before in his chromosomes that brought about this heart problem. But you know what? The genes were healed. He no longer had the genetic problem. I'm talking about a big God here, folks. Nothing is too difficult for him. So we ought not write things off and go, oh, it's genetic, you know, it's genetic. Well, look, folks, I'm in a new family. God's my father, amen? I'm claiming new genes. Praise the Lord. I hope you're getting encouraged. I'm, I'm planning on getting encouraged today. How about you? Amen. So I was ministering, uh, this would be last year also, in uh, Starkweather, North Dakota, and I was ministering actually in a Lutheran church. And, uh, but the pastor, the pastor is very on fire. And he has a healing ministry, and God uses him a lot in that. And we had um, services there. We had uh, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night services, and we had a, also had a daytime teaching session. But a lot of people were getting healed. There was a lot of healings that took place in these meetings. But there was a lady that came forward during one of the meetings, and she had a, she had a lot of pain in her body, all down one side. She had tremendous pain. And I ministered to her. I did everything I knew. I pulled every switch, every lever. I, I mean, I did everything I knew to do, and she was no better. I mean, if, if some, maybe just a little, but she was not changed. And then there was another man there who also moved some in the healing ministry, and he prayed for her. And she's just standing there because this woman, she's just refusing to go. You know, she's just, I'm going to get my healing. So she's still standing there. In the meantime, the pastor was off ministering to someone else about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they received it. And so then he came back, and he said, well, what's going on? And so we told him, we told him and he started praying for her. And right away, he discerned a spirit, that a spirit was behind this. And see, uh, well, different people have different gifts. Different people have different experiences. This particular man has had a lot of experience in deliverance. Okay. So he's more sensitive, probably, in the spirit realm. I don't know. But the fact is, he discerned a spirit, and he began to come out against that spirit. And the next thing you know, she's walking around without that pain. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? I'm all for it. You don't have to get healed through my ministry. <laughs> Amen? It's the Lord that does it anyway. Praise God. So, you see, 
Sometimes you need to deal with an evil spirit. Sometimes you need to take authority over that. Uh, turn to James chapter 4, verse 7. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we don't want the doctrine of man. We want your word. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. All right, now I want you to look at James chapter 4, verse 7. Now, how many, how many would agree from what we've read, the scriptures that we looked at so far, the sickness is of the devil? All right? What does it say? James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. So who are you to submit to? Are you to submit to your sickness? Submit to God. But yet sometimes I think people submit to their sickness. They say, well, I guess it must be God's will. I got prayed for and it didn't work. I guess it must be God's will. Well, if it's God's will, quit wasting your money on the doctor then. <laughs> Amen. You've got to decide if it's God's will or not. I mean, how can you fight an enemy if you don't know they're your enemy? Hello? How many hear what I'm saying? You say, well, oh, if this is for the glory of God. You know, Jesus... There were times that it looked like, you know, that, uh, that Jesus said, you know, that a sickness was for the glory of God. But you know what? God never got the glory until the person was healed or raised from the dead. That's how he gets glory. Yeah, I mean, it's good that we're patient and suffering. Don't misunderstand me. And God can even use the sickness to get us back to God. But that doesn't mean he caused it. That doesn't mean he wants you to stay sick. Hello? He wants you to get right, get healed, get going. Come on, folks. And you've got to decide that this thing is an enemy and you've got to kick it out of your life. <laughs> oh, I wish I could get some better amens in here today. <laughs> Praise God. The word submit, submit to God, means to subordinate and obedience. What do we need to do? We need to submit to the Lord. And you say, Lord, here I am. You've got all of me. That bitterness that's been in my life, I repent. That attitude I've been carrying towards my wife or my husband, I'm done with it. That little secret sin, forget it. I submit to God. You know, Paul talked about that repentance that brings such a clearing. You know, when you get in that position, you're sick and you start turning to God, and you, you, you get that forgiveness and you know that forgiveness of God, it's actually better than the healing. Can I have an amen? amen. It, to know I'm right with God. <laughs> My sins are forgiven. I'm cleansed. Submit to God. Submit to God. Submit to God. 
That's the first thing. See? Submit to God. Then resist the devil. Resist. It means to stand against, to oppose, to withstand. Oppose. If somebody's going to come in your house and do harm to your family, you stand against them, right? Amen. If there's little critters that are trying to get in your house or invade your property, you stand against them. You put up some kind of barrier. You resist. You oppose, right? Well, it's the same thing in the spirit. You have to oppose the devil and his sickness. See, you have to decide. It's an enemy. It's an enemy. Get out of my life. I will glorify God with health. Don't take anything I said as some kind of condemnation if you have health issues or whatever. That's not the point of this at all. I'm trying to help you to know what to do about it. I want to know more what to do about it. I'm saying resist the devil and he will flee. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, he says, neither give place to the devil. Or you could say, don't allow the devil any foothold in your life. See, bitterness can be a foothold of the devil in your life. It can be a place that he has found in your life. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil through doubt and unbelief. Don't give place to the devil through fear and anxiety. One time I was on the mission field and I was sick. And I was doing everything I knew to get well. And I said, Lord, what's wrong? And the Lord said to me, you're in fear. And I recognized, yeah, I was in fear. I was in fear that the team that was with me, I was taking care, you know, I was watching over this team. I was afraid some of them weren't going to get back. And that fear was in my heart, and it was blocking me from receiving my healing. And as soon as he said that, I instantly realized, yeah, you're right, Lord. And I repented, and I said, Lord, I trust you with this trip. We're all going to make it back home safe. This is your business, Lord. Forgive me for fearing. Within a very short time, I was eating a cheeseburger, french fries, and a Coke. I was, I was healed. Praise God. I had been struggling with this thing for days. Certain times, things in your heart can hinder you from receiving God's healing. Take care of those things and get rid of them. And I believe also we need to do things in the natural. I mean, we need to obey health laws. Do what we can. Amen? But at the same time, you can't control everything. We live in a very toxic environment. There's so many chemicals around. I was reading if you live within a mile of a, of a field where they spray, it's going to affect you. You need some, you need some protection. I mean, the thing, there's things in our houses that are toxic that can affect our health. But yet, I know somebody who's a protector. Hallelujah. And we need to depend upon him. 
Do what you can in the natural to protect yourself, to eat right, to, you know, live a balanced life. We're not supposed to live a sedentary life, right? And by the way, we're, not, we're also not supposed to overwork. Paul talked about a man that was sick, Epaphroditus, because of overwork. So try to live a balanced life, but you can't control everything. So I have someone who you can trust to help you in those situations, living in a toxic world. His name is Jesus. Now, uh, Psalm 3.3 says this, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Now, is that just a metaphor? Or is God actually a shield? And by the way, what's that shield made of? Is it like the Roman army, the soldiers used a leather shield? Is it a leather shield? Or maybe it's, is it a steel shield? <laughs> Impermeable shield. But it's not made out of material things. Amen? It's a spiritual shield. It's a force field. Anybody here ever watch uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek is, how about you? Which is it, Star Trek? That's a, they made a movie out of that, right? See, back when we were, you know, back in the, uh, you know, in the ancient days, that was a TV show that we used to watch, the Star Trek. But anyway, on Star Trek, they had, on their ships, they'd had a, a force field all around those ships, right? And so if a laser, this laser weapon was going to come and destroy the ship, well, the force field would protect in science fiction, right? But I read that scientists today are actually trying to develop something like for spaceships to protect from radiation, a force field or an energy field around them to protect those. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. That talks about my head. Lifter of my head, that's, he's going to lift me up above depression. Hallelujah. God is your force field. His glory is your protection. Can I have an amen? Amen. Romans 13, 12 says, The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. I want to encourage you to believe God for protection from sickness and disease. Can't tell if this is soaking in or not. I was studying about the 
the Earth. You know, ever hear of the uh, Van Allen radiation belts? Huh? No. Well, there's these radiation belts all around the, the world. And scientists studying the radiation belt discovered that inside this radiation belt, there's a force field that protects the Earth from radiation from the sun. And, you know, sometimes the sun has storms and it releases all this powerful radiation and this force field swells up and makes those, that radiation bounce off so it doesn't come and hurt little old you and me. And scientists cannot figure out why this force field gets, swells up and gets bigger at, when it's needed. And, of course, they're trying to explain it because they're, they're coming from evolution and the Big Bang and all this stuff. They don't know that God made this earth and put us here, and he's protecting us with a force field. <laughs> and it swells up because he told it to. <laughs> How he does it, I don't know. God is a force field. <laughs> His glory is a force field. Now, I want you to turn, if you would, and we'll conclude over here in Psalm uh, 91. Psalm 91. And I'm going to read this to you from um, the New Living Translation. It says, those who live in the shelter, if I say shelter, those who live in the shelter, isn't it nice to have a shelter? When these storms come through here, we saw some trees blown down on the way over here. Isn't it nice to have a shelter? <laughs> Get down in the basement. Amen. Isn't it nice to have a shelter from the storm? Well, there's the shelter of the Most High. He's our shelter. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Let's say that together. Say, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I trust him. That's a declaration. See, how do you resist sickness and disease? How do you call forth? It's with a declaration that agrees with this. He says, I will declare of the Lord, he's my refuge. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Folks, it says he will protect you from deadly disease. <laughs> Hello? It says he will protect you from deadly disease. It says. See, the reason I'm reading from the from this translation, because the King James says pestilence. When I see pestilence, I think it's grasshoppers in the field or something. But pestilence really means sickness and disease. He said, he will protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. 
In Malachi, it says there's healing in his wings. What does that mean? It's his presence. It's, he's telling you, live in his presence. Live under his wing. Just get in tight with God and let him get under that shadow. Remember how Peter's shadow healed the sick? That wasn't Peter's shadow. That was God's presence. Oh, I pray this would help us today. Get in his presence. Look at Jesus on the cross. Tell the devil that where to go with his sickness. Amen. Don't accept it. Submit yourself to God. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Don't dread the disease, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand are dying around you, those evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge... Folks, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, this is not a metaphor. This is a spiritual reality that you get in God. <laughs> you live in his glory. You put on the whole armor of God. That's not your armor, not your strength, not your ability. If you make the Lord your refuge, you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague can come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord said, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. Doesn't say you won't have any trouble, but it says he'll be with you in it. Can I have an amen? I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Just remember that, Susan. He's going to reward me with a long life, so you've got to stick around. I will reward them with a long life. King James says, with long life I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your precious people. Thank you for your healing. Lord, sometimes it's just an instant thing. Wow, we thank God for that. But other times we need to stand. Help us to know how to stand. We stand in faith. We stand in opposition to the devil. And we stand in that place of your protection. That's what you're saying, Lord. And help us to put these things into practice in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I, I just release 
the spirit of this word in this place, your healing virtue to go, your glory to surround and to heal in Jesus' name. I say to the people, you are loosed from your infirmity in Jesus' name. Lord, we look to you on the cross. You paid the price. I thank you for healing your people. In Jesus' precious name. Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. If you have a pain in your body, just put your hand on that place where you have the pain. Or just something that represents it. Just say these words. Just say, thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to die for me on Calvary. I believe he died for my sins. He died for my sicknesses. I believe he rose again. And Jesus is my Lord. I submit myself to the living God in obedience in Jesus' name. I resist the devil. Go, devil, go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I'm free. I'm dwelling under your shadow. I'm under your force field. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at tomshanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.